Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. And God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our own likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. So we saw that in the process of creation, God uniquely, and the word yes, uniquely, created his man, created his woman, created humanity in his own image, and after his own likeness. And that is where we are at the moment. As God's image, the presence of humanity, as God's image, the presence of the man and the woman on earth is the seal that the kings and the kingdom of the earth belong to the king and the kingdom of heaven. That means that the earth and its kings and its kingdom exist to serve the will of the king and to fulfill the will of the kingdom of heaven. The fact that man was created in the image of God means that the man and the woman, that humanity is God's agent on the earth. God has ordained that his work on earth will be carried out only through his man, only through his woman. That's, these are all the implications. These are the things that are involved that we have seen as we have studied in the past that are involved in the fact that the man and the woman were created in the image of God. The position of man on earth is that of royalty. And as royals, humanity represents God on earth. As royal, humanity represents God on earth. Humanity is God's agent in the world. And God ordained not to work on earth, but through his man. And all this reality are embedded in the fact that God created man in his own image. Praise the Lord. Now, when we look at the language of Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, the language of Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2 is that of royalty, is that of a king and his kingdom. And what we see in Genesis chapter 1 and 2 is the inauguration of the out, earthly outpost of the kingdom of God. It's an inauguration of the earthly outpost of the kingdom of God. You know, it kind of reminds me when people want to start a new business. What do we normally do? The first thing is, obviously, after they've done their, you know, groundwork and do, done their, you know, market pro, uh, projection and things like that, the first thing is to get a building, isn't it? The first thing is to get a building, is to do some building work to equip that building, get the building and equip it for the purpose of that church or equip it for the purpose of that business. And that's the first thing that happen. Then the second thing is that management will be brought in into that new 
you know, branch or into that new outpost. Oftentimes, the management may be somebody that is already in the business that is probably promoted or transferred from another branch into that new branch. You could probably be somebody that is very, very knowledgeable, somebody that is very top, who is good at starting a new business because a new business, a new branch will involve a lot of work, isn't it? So it will be somebody that is experienced, somebody that can manage people, that can direct things, that can make things work. Or in the case of a church, obviously, if there's a new church in a, a new branch, we need a building, we need a building to be fitted, maybe we need some instrument to be brought in, but then we need a pastor, we need an elder, we need somebody that will be there to help build this up. And then we may need to, well, depending on the type of work, we we then need to recruit staff and probably advertise the day, the grand opening of the business. And then the D-Day will come when that business or when that church will be opened. There will be the grand opening of that business or the grand opening of that church. And that is exactly what we saw in Genesis chapter 1. We saw the building, we saw the equipping, we saw we saw the, the recruiting of things, God creating this and creating that. And finally, the grand finale came when God created his man, when God created his woman. And there was that grand opening that we see in the portion of the scripture that we read. So even though the exact word was not used, you know, God is king. And we will see that used in the scripture. And we're going to read one or two of those. But actually, all the story that you are reading, the event that is unfolding before us is that of a king, kingship, and kingdom. Indeed, the concept is foundation and fundamental to the creation story. And indeed, to the whole story of the scripture. And this is very, 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 very important. The Bible connect the process of creation to that of kingship. The Bible connects the process of creation to that of kingdom. The Bible connects God being the creator to God being the king. Let's read a couple of scriptures. I believe we've read some of this scripture before, but let's read them again. We are going to read two scriptures from the book of Psalm. We could read other portion of the scripture, but let's just read this too. Psalm 93 verses 1 and 2. The Lord reigneth, you can see that word reigneth, is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he has guarded himself. And that is a language of kingship. That's a language of royalty. That's a language of kingdom. But look at the next phrase. The world is established that it cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. You can see the language of kinship, the language of royalty is connected to the world being established. So the, the Bible always connects the process of creation and God being the creator to actually the kingship and the reigning of God. Let's read Psalm 95 verses 3 to see just to establish what we are saying. For the Lord is a great God. And a great king above all God. What comes next after that? His kingship is immediately tied with creation. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is, also, is his also. The sea is his. And he made it. And his hand formed the dry ground. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. You can see straight away in those two places that we read that the Bible always, always connect the process of creation or the act of creation to the act of 
kingship. In other words, creation, the whole story of creation is actually God exercising kingdom. Creation is a product of God exercising kingdom. And that's Psalm 95, and I mean, sorry, that's Psalm 95, yes, ended and said, Oh, come, let us worship. And that is invariably our our response as we see God in his glory, in his kingship glory. So in the context of king and kingdom and creation, that is where we found the purpose of the creation of man. I will say that again. It is within this context of creation. It is within this context of God as king and God's kingdom and God as king creating the world. It is in this context that man was created and it is in this context that we find the purpose for the creation of man. For man was created to reign as king on earth in honor of and to the glory of God his king. And this is very, very important. This is the context within which man was created. And this is the context within which man finds his purpose. Because the man and the woman were created, number one, to reign as king on earth. But to do that as under shepherd, as under king, as serving under the overlord and under the supreme kingship of God. Man was created to reign as king on earth in honor of and to the glory of God is king. And this is the context within which man was created. Praise the Lord. Now, there's another thought I want to to connect. Now, we're not going to go into this today, but I want to connect it here as we talk about king and kingdom and creation. There's another thought I want you to hold on to as we move on. Wherever you find the concept of kingdom, there is an, another associative concept that you need to look for. And that concept is the concept of covenant. In the Bible and in secular world, kingdom and covenant always, always go hand in hand. So when you see the concept of the kingdom in any story or in any, in any environment or in any relationship or in any association, or in any expression, wherever you see the concept of kingdom in any form, shape, or fashion, look for the concept of covenant. Or vice versa, wherever you see covenant, look for kingdom. Wherever you see kingdom, look for covenant. Now, we are not going to talk about covenant today. By the grace of God, we are going to return to the, to the subjects of covenant in the near future by the grace of God. Because, yes, we will need to talk about covenant. Because once you start talking about, the, about king, and you start talking about the kingdom, you start talking about creation, you automatically have to start talking about covenant. But we will come back to that by the grace of God. Praise the Lord. So God created this man. God created this woman to be king and queen of earth. That is our purpose. God's king and God's queen on earth. As such, God's king and God's queen on earth must have authority, must have dominion. Hallelujah. Okay? We are not just king just by, by mouth. Because God created man in his own image, after his own likeness, and God created them to be king and queens of earth, God gave them dominion and, we read, and let them have dominion. We read it 
let them have dominion. We need to understand that God is the ultimate kingmaker. You know, in the world, people will inaugurate kings and queens. And during the inauguration, the kingmaker will come and they will give them symbol of rulership. Sometimes scepter, sometimes they will give them the hub. These are signs, these are symbols of the royal power, the royal majesty, the royal power that they are going to wield. And during the inauguration, all the kingmaker will come and they will inaugurate the queen or they will inaugurate the king. In, in our worldly system, in our secular system, is a big, glorious celebration. The inauguration, for example, if you want to go back and look at the inauguration of the queen Elizabeth of Britain or if you want to go, is is pomp and majesty, but God is the ultimate king maker, and God has created man and woman to be His king and queen of earth, and therefore God gave them dominion because God is the one that gives dominion. Hallelujah! God gives dominion, and God gave dominion to His king. God gave dominion to his queen. God gave dominion to the man and to the woman that we created. God is the one that gives dominion. Now, let's read this. Let's let's establish this in the book of Daniel chapter 2. And this was the story of when, you remember when Daniel, you know, decoded <laughs> let's put it that way when daniel decoded the the, the dream of the king he, 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 he gave the king his dream and also god gave daniel mishashira and abednego the meaning of the king of the dream this was what daniel said in daniel chapter 2 verses 20 to 22 when god gave him the the the, 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 the dream and the interpretation verse 20 daniel answered and said blessed be the name of god forever and ever for wisdom and might are his he and he changes the time and season creation again. He removed kings and set up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealed the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness and the light dwell with him. I want you to see the point I'm bringing out here. Obviously, we see the connection here again with the kingship and creation is the fact that it is God. That gives dominion. Daniel said, It is God that established kingdom. It is God that established dominion. It is God that gives dominion. He said, He removed kings and seted up kings. Now, when Daniel then went before Nebuchadnezzar and gave him the dream and interpretation. There's something that Daniel then said in verse 37 that is relevant to what we are doing today. Verse 37, and Daniel said, Thou, O king, art the king of kings. He was the he was the ruler of the whole world. He was the king of kings. He was like the overlord in the things of the world. He was like the supreme leader all over the world with all the other little, little kings under him. But Daniel says something. He said, For the God of heaven has given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. Now, this is very, very important. That when we look at secular, you know, king around us in the time of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar was at the top of the park. He was the king of kings. He was the ruler of the whole world. You know, uh, Babylon was ruling the world. He was the emperor of the world. He was the king of kings. But... Daniel said, actually, 
you are not at the top of the pack. He said, but thou, O king, even though you are a king of kings, it is God of heaven. It is the king of heaven (laughs) that has given you a kingdom and power and strength and glory. What I'm saying is that God gives dominion. It is in the nature of God because he is the king. He is the supreme king. He is the ultimate king. He is the king (laughs) supreme. He is the one that gives dominion. He is the one that gives kingdom. He is the one that gives power. He is the one that gives strength. He is the one that gives glory. And God created his man. And God created his woman. And God gave them dominion. So what we see in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, we see the coronation of the king and the queen of earth. We see the coronation of the king and the queen of earth. We see, just like we see in the coronation of the secular world, God himself coronated them. God himself gave them dominion. Earthly kings and queens are given sovereign orbs and scepter as kingdom of power and rule. If you are a king, you must have power. If you are a king, you must have rule. And what we see in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, is God coronating his king and his queen on earth, of earth. And God gave them dominion. God gave them dominion because it is in the power of God and it's in the nature of God to give dominion. Remember again Daniel chapter 2 verse 37. Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar, I said, Thou, O king, thou art the king of kings. And you are king because God gave you a kingdom. You are king because God gave you power. God gave you strength. God gave you glory. And that was exactly what God gave humanity when God created them. God gave them kingdom. God gave them dominion. God gave them glory. God gave them power so that they can rule and reign as God's representative on earth. God created them in his own image and after his own likeness so that they can rule and reign as God's representative on earth. But how did God give them this dominion? Genesis chapter 1 verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created in him, male and female created in them, and God blessed them. And God said, God blessed them. And God said, and God said, how did God give them dominion? God gave them dominion by saying. How did, how do God give us kingdom? God gives us kingdom by saying. How does God give us power? God gives us power. God gives us strength. God gives us glory by saying. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4, it says, Where the word of the king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? One translation says, what the king says is law, is supreme. And no one tells him what to do because God is the supreme being, because God is the supreme king. When God speaks, what God says is law. What God says is supreme. How did God give man dominion? God said, God blessed them. How did God bless them? By saying. What has God said about us? God said so many things about humanity. God set them as king over his kingdom on earth. And God blessed them. God blessed them speak 
blessing into their life. And by that word, God gave them dominion. God gave them power and authority to rule. Hallelujah. God gave them power and God gave them authority to rule. And God has spoken great and mighty things to us also. Now, we're going to come to that. Again, we don't want to jump ahead of ourselves. We know things did go wrong following this, you know, this coronation. Here we see the wonderful, glorious coronation of humanity. Remember, we are talking about Adam and Eve, but we are talking about you and I because we are humanity. God created us to reign and to rule on earth. But sin came in and derailed that. But the Lord Jesus came to return us to the glory that we lost, even above where we lost. So once again, we have the word of God's power through which we have been fitted once again, if you are born again, with dominion and with authority. The Bible says, as many as believe him, to them, that is in Jesus, to them gave you authority to become the sons and the daughters of God. Once again, as many as believe him, he gave them because God gives dominion. You remember the Lord Jesus when he was on earth, he gave his disciples power to go out and cast out demons and heal the sick. God gave power. God gives dominion. He gives us power to live a godly and a righteous life. He gives us power to overcome the kingdom of the devil. He gives us power to be able to worship, to be able to live, to, to shine as light in the middle of this crooked and perverse generation. How did he give us that power? The power is in his word for the word of God. The word that God speaks is alive and is sharper than any two years old. We've done a lot of teaching on this. The power in God's word and the Lord Jesus is the living word. Hallelujah. And if you are listening to me tonight and you are not yet born again, you've not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are in the old creation. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The only way of salvation, of redemption, of deliverance, of rescue out of this sinking ship we call the earth because it got corrupted. And it's under judgment. But the only way out is to run to Jesus. He has provided a way through his cross. Go to him. Ask him. Admit that you are a sinner. You are a rebel. Ask him to save you. He will. He will change you from the inside. He will cover you from the outside. He will change you into a new man, a new woman. He will walk with you every day of your life here on earth so that you can live as light it can give you dominion and power to live as light in this world of darkness, to live for him in this world of wickedness and to overcome sin and overcome wickedness and evil and shine for him to the glory of his name and reign as king and queen on earth once again to the glory of his name. And when this is all over, it's going to wrap this world, this earth and this universe as we know it. It's going to wrap it and throw it away and it's not even recycling it. It's going to create a brand new heaven and earth. And heaven is going to come to earth. And it's going to, we are going to live with him forever and ever. You don't want to miss that. Today is the day of salvation. Do it today. Tomorrow may be too late. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.